Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Today's reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet, announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me, and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is it such the fast that I chose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bounds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places, And make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It's a little shorter than what's printed in your bulletin, as I'm focusing, as Jay said, on the salt and the light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, 
Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of the God endures forever. Ten years ago, I was doing graduate work in the Bay Area, working as the adult ministries intern at another First Presbyterian Church, this one in Berkeley. Now, I know we have a lot of Michiganders here, so just to be clear, this was Berkeley, California, not the Berkeley here in Michigan. As many of you might have heard, housing is not cheap in the Bay Area, and my wife and I, after spending an entire year married together, decided to pair up with two other married couples and live in a three-bedroom house in North Oakland. We decided to do this intentionally as part of the new monastic movement, part of the Christian faith. That is, we would share certain things in common, like cooking meals, doing chores, living spaces, leading worship, small group time. We created our community that was modeled after more traditional monastic communities, some that many of you may be familiar with, Iona in Scotland, Taizé in France, among others. These communities and others model themselves after Isaiah 58, among other passages, attempting to incorporate ancient wisdom for a modern world. These communities exist not only to sustain themselves, but also to support the broader community, to share bread with the hungry, to shelter the homeless, to clothe the naked. Now, like any intentional community, we needed a name. And after much deliberation, we called ourselves Salt House, which naturally stood for six adults living together. <laughs> now, of course, we had Isaiah and Matthew in mind, as we too wanted to be the salt of the earth. In our little quarter of Oakland, we aspired to be, as we heard in Isaiah, the repairers of the breach, the restorers of the street, the light on the hill, indeed, the very salt of the earth. And yet we learn very quickly that it's hard enough to live with one person, let alone six. <laughs> and we never quite realized our dream of affecting change in the neighborhood. We often got stuck on challenges of our own, which couple would get the master bedroom? How would we manage dietary restrictions in our cooking? And, the, and the, the question that nearly tore the house apart, who wants cats? <laughs> we ended up getting two. Indeed, instead of spreading salt in the neighborhood, we ended up spreading salt on each other and even got a little salty with each other. Living and working together is hard work. On the island of Kauai, where I used to live, there is another intentional community doing hard work. This community is called Ahui, and their sole devotion and hard work is to pa'akai, that is, solidifying the sea, that is, harvesting salt from the ocean. It takes hard work to get the salt beds ready after the winter storms, 
The wells and the lava tubes that feed the beds must be scrubbed by hand. You must be lowered in and crawl through the tunnels. The entrances must be guarded from trash that's dumped nearby. Gooey black mud must be smoothed perfectly out on the bottom of the beds. No cracks can form as it hardens, lest the salt falls through the cracks. The ocean water must be warmed and hand-drawn from the ocean, warmed in a bed, before it must be put in the beds, and then one waits as the water evaporates, all the while people driving on the beach, kicking up sand, leaving leaving behind debris and broken glass, and the helicopter tours kick up dust into the beds. All of this done in a shorter and shorter harvest season, before the winter rains return. It is hard work. Kuule Santos, whose hands you see on the front of the bulletin today, whose family for generations has harvested, harvested salt, says these words, it's hard, it's complicated, but I know that if I don't do it, my kids and their kids won't be able to continue. And I hope my kids take over my passion. If I had a legacy, I would want it to be that, for them to be the keepers of the salt. The keepers of the salt. That's the legacy she desires for her children. I wonder, what is the salt that we are harvesting here as a community? What is the hard work that we wish to imbue upon our children? What is the legacy we wish to leave behind? Is this not the salt that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? We Christians often think we need to be sweet to everyone, but we were not called to be the honey of the world. Indeed, we're called to do harder work. In a culture that sings, pour some sugar on me, we Christians believe in a rebellious love that calls us to spread some salt into the world. Friends, it's time to get a little salty. And I don't mean salty in the way the world gets angry and indignant, over someone shredding paper or not shaking someone's hand or referees making a mistake. Yes, we might get salty then. But we are called as Christians to stand up and get a little salty sometimes. When a parent makes a racist remark and their child gets a little salty by saying all of us need to call out racism wherever we see it, even if it's coming from our own parents. When a gift shop displays dolls of prominent African Americans hanging from a tree, students at Michigan State get a little salty. In order to improve the awareness of the trials and tribulations of African Americans in our country, particularly since it's Black History Month, when our county shelters are overflowing in the winter, when there is literally no room at the end for the Lana Center, we, along with other congregations, 
get a little salty and welcome people here as our guests. When there are earthquakes in Puerto Rico, natural disasters elsewhere in the world, we get a little salty by raising money, sending teams to help with the recovery efforts. You see, God does not bless us only to be received in gratitude or for us to be noticed. God's blessing calls us to act with an attitude of rebellious love. God blesses us to be brave, to get a little salty as we share the salt of the earth with those who are hungry and thirsty, naked and afraid, homeless and hurting. Brian Stevenson, in his recent movie, Just Mercy, based on his autobiography, Just Mercy, of the same name, proclaims, the true measure of our character is how we treat the poor, the disfavored, the accused, the incarcerated, the condemned. I ask us here today, how are we treating those who are yearning to, be, to break free? What would our community look like if we continually reflected Isaiah 58 and Matthew 5? How can we build already on the good work that we are doing? What would our worship look like? Our faith formation? Our mission activities? What if we acted in light of Isaiah and, and Isaiah's fast? What if we voted in light of Jesus' blessing. We are called to stand on the hill of righteousness, of God's righteousness, as peacemakers and the persecuted, as those poor in spirit and pure in heart, as we heard last week in the Beatitudes. Not to blow our trumpets and drown out all others, but to simply and courageously shine God's light before others, reflect the light of Christ, that they might see our good deeds and look through them and see their own blessing in Christ, that they too would glorify God. This is hard work. Unless we lose heart, remember that as we do these things, our light shall rise in the darkness. The Lord will guide us continually, satisfying our needs in parched places. And we will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters never fail. Our ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. We shall raise up the foundations of many generations. We shall be called repairers of the breach, indeed the very restorers of streets for all to live in. Now if you go looking for Hawaiian salt at Kroger or other places, know that you cannot buy it in the store if you find it there, it's probably harvested by machines in Arizona and only packaged in Hawaii. The salt that's pictured in the hands on the front of our bulletin today can only be given or bartered away. It's a sacred gift born of hard work, and it is not for sale. So let's not look to sell or promote our salt, but simply to spread it. We are the salt of the earth, the gift of the world, carefully crafted to bring out the flavor of love. We are what we love, so let's continue to love God and love those who are in need of a little more salt in their lives 
a little more love, a little more grace, a little more truth. Let's get salty. Amen. Restoring God. You promised to make all things new. Draw those gathered here into this holy work of joining you in making all things new. Help us begin the hard work of repairing the breaches in our lives, in our communities, and in our world. Repair relationships breached by mistrust and selfishness. Repair neighborhoods breached by violence. Repair nations breached by war. We build the ruins of our lives and restore us. Restore our homes, our schools, our workplaces, and our streets to be sanctuaries of safety and refuge. Make us a people who offer hospitality to the stranger and release to the captive. And kindle in the hearts of all of your children the love of peace. Liberating God, transform the parched places of our lives into rich gardens flowing with living water. Heal the sick and comfort all who mourn. Everlasting God, you give strength to the weak and power to the faint. Sustain all who are struggling to make it through another day. Make us agents of your healing and wholeness. That your good news may be known to the ends of creation. Empower all who benefit from your grace to be salt of the earth, life givers to others. Enlarge our vision to see your power at work in the world and set your people as an example of your abounding love. By your spirit, show us the things we ought to do and give us the grace, courage, and power to do them. We pray these things in the strong name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.